Hi, I'm Dr. Lisa Dunn, and thanks for joining me here today on The Communication Architect. Each week, we'll share content that will empower you to grow your personal leadership capacity through the development of communication competencies that build emotional health and relational resilience. We'll unpack some practical applications of interpersonal, intrapersonal, family, and organizational communication. And we'll connect with stories of transformation that will inspire you to achieve personal and social change. Now, let's build the scaffolding you need to become a communication architect. Hello, everyone, and welcome to today's show. I'm Dr. Lisa Dunn. If you are new to the show, we're in a season where we're unpacking American education. Be sure to scroll back on my podcast for some tips on breaking free from the system, getting started on the parent-directed journey, interviews with new and lifelong homeschoolers, and a whole lot of research that I hope will equip and inspire you for the road ahead. We've been talking about the toxic traits of the public school environment, and one of these traits that has radically shaped the beliefs and behaviors of the next generation, obviously, is the arts. And so today, we're interviewing the homeschool mom, Megan Wagner, who oversees our creative dance program at the San Marcos campus of Awaken Academy. Megan, it is so great to have you on the show with us. Thank you so much for being here today. Thank you for having me. I'm so honored to be here. Well, Megan, tell us a little bit about your homeschool journey. What inspired you to get started in this method of education? So we actually have a really interesting story. I started my kids in private school because my husband grew up in the private school system and he loved it. He he thought it was the best way to get an education and he he thinks it really helped him um, get to where he is today. But unfortunately... Private school is expensive. We have four kids. So going back through, you know, finances, it's like the first thing we need to be good stewards of our our finances. So we pulled our kids out of private school and transitioned into public school. And we just weren't happy with that setting. COVID hit six months into their first year in the public education system. And I felt like the teachers just really dropped the ball. We weren't getting any communication from the teachers. They weren't seeing them on Zoom. I mean, they were making us watch videos from teachers in other states. So we knew that that's not what we wanted to continue. So after having that first year in the the public school system, um, we actually started looking at me homeschooling full time and looking at curriculums like Abeka and gather around and then Awaken Academy opened and it was honestly just an answer to our prayers. Um, And we jumped in with both feet and that was just the best decision that we could have made for our whole family. Amazing. I know that we talk about the the quote free public school and how we get what we pay for. I'm really thankful that your kids were only there six months before it took, you know, that eye opening moment that so many parents had where they realized what was really being taught or the level of negligence in your case, where you're talking about your kids watching videos from not even their own teachers, but teachers in other states, uh, just was really shocking for a lot of parents. So I'm really thankful that uh, for for you and for you being part of the academy. I remember the first day when we were talking, must have been summer of 2020, and we're talking about creating these unique classes for the next generation. You had this vision for bringing the arts back to this place of beauty and purity and purpose, which is something I'm passionate about as well. And tell us a little bit about the work you're doing in that regard and what you've seen 
transforming in your classes? I cannot even begin to tell you how blessed I feel walking into class. I have students that are so eager to learn and worship and it's it's been inspiring. But I can tell you, um, I've been teaching for 20 years in the secular realm. I've been dancing for 30 years and I haven't always been a Christian. So for me, dance has always been like my safe place. It's been my refuge. It's if I was having a bad day, I would go to the studio and just leave it all on the floor. But now coming from that perspective of kind of putting God first and just seeing the vision that Awaken has, the fact that, you know, our uh, pastors are very into the arts and we we do those plays. Um, It's been so refreshing coming in and having dance feel welcome in that kind of environment and then uh, welcoming and ushering in the Holy Spirit like in the beginning of class and being able to play worship music in class it the the children are just excelling and they're really gravitating to that um I love that it's different from the secular world and the sense that I do get to play that worship music I my daughters uh dancing compete and you it's hard to compete now because all the kids are wearing these, you know, kind of scandalous costumes and right. listening to music right. that is inappropriate. And that's what's winning. Right. And it's just so disheartening. So coming into um, the academy and teaching the kids that are eager to learn and we, we play music that glorifies God. It's such a blessing. It truly warms my heart to just be able to go in and glorify God. I love that, Megan. And I love, you know, obviously the the plays that Megan is talking about. Our church does two massive outreaches, Broadway style musicals. One is called Hero in the Spring and one is called Twisted in the Fall. And Megan actually herself danced in uh, our big Christmas production, which was just really exciting to see you on the stage too, modeling what you're teaching the students. Um, I love what you talk about dance being welcomed in the church that our church is artistically oriented and we want to take back these spheres like the arts, like education. And so you stepping into something and seeing your gift set, you know, one of the really amazing things I tell pastors in our county about starting academies is you find this gold in your families. Like you, Megan, had this gold inside of you. You were dancing initially in the first part of your life, dancing just for yourself, for the world. And now you're call is so much greater. You're dancing for the glorification, for the glorification of God, for the furthering of his kingdom and his purpose. And um, really bringing students into that, again, that purity, that, that worship of the, the using the arts for worship, just so, so beautiful. What are kind of some of the benefits that you see of students being in dance classes? You probably have some that are brand new, right? Never danced yes, before. What are yes. some of the benefits you see or some of the transformations you see in them as they get kind of unlocked in a very body image centric culture? They get unlocked and get a sense of freedom. What are some of the things you've seen in the classroom? Just their ability to kind of like let go of that fear of like being judged or people are going to think I look funny. Like um, we have a, a music and movement class and that class is mostly led by the students, I say, okay, like, I just want to see dynamic movement. I want to see you really low to the ground um, and then jump up really high. Like, show me your different level changes. Show me different speeds. But it's all you. I, I Don't show me what you think I want to Great. see. Do what feels good to you. Do what the music is telling you to do and how the music inspires you. 
and just seeing them unlock, like you said, has been such, I, I don't know how to describe it. It's just been so moving and so inspirational to just kind of see them break out of their shells and really just give it all they have and give it all to God. It's been amazing. That's so, so beautiful, Megan. What are some, even for you, as somebody who came out of the world of dance before being a Christian, what are some differences in you see in the way you dance today as opposed to before you became a Christian? We were talking about that earlier. I remember, you know, being 16, I was a competitive dancer. Like I said, I mean, we were kind of the skimpier costumes and, you know, dance to music that I wouldn't let my children listen to now. Um but the way that I bring dance to the table now, especially being a Christian and being a mom, I want things that aren't so provocative. I want yeah. things that, you yeah. know, I I want parents to look at that and see wholesome goodness and the beauty that dance is, not um, what we've kind of perverted it to be. Yeah, I love that. I mean, it's another really great example of taking back the arts and when we look at the toxic traits of the public school system, we see this hypersexual focus. And of course, then we have the resulting rise in sexually transmitted disease rates, abortion, and all the things that come, not to mention even the emotional ill health and attachments um, and the issues there, but out of that perversion. And so music is so powerful. Uh, University of North Carolina, Chapel Hill has done many studies on the power of music. And for, for 14 to 25s, it's the most impacting medium in terms of influence. And so when kids are listening to these promiscuous lyrics on and on and on, UNC has shown that the, the, the viability of impact on a student's behavior, if they're listening to sexually charged lyrics or self-injurious or violent lyrics, it's a 95% in, uh, influence rate. And so kids who are listening to violent music will become violent or uh, self-injurious and kids who are listening to promis promis music that's promoting promiscuity will become more promiscuous. So it's a kind of a, a known fact in the social sciences that music influences behavior for the developing mind. And I would say throughout all ages, you know, we want to be careful what we put our amen to what we, as we say in our church or, you know, what we're, what we're, you know, rehearsing and singing over ourselves constantly. And so the fact that you're able to even reclaim that area of what students are thinking about, what they're dancing to, I mean, that is, just incredible. And teaching them that their bodies are a living sacrifice and that they're holy to the Lord. And so this awakening that parents are having of their, you know, protecting the purity and the holiness of who we are as God's children is, I think, another beautiful offshoot of, of the movement as well. And I love just seeing all the social media, media videos right now of kids getting free, just dancing around their house and being free. I know that's overflowing to parents too, which is really beautiful. Well, Megan, what have been some of your most important personal revelations about homeschooling? So you came out of a, a private school background, a little bit of time in a public school background. Your eyes were quickly open to what was happening there, and you jumped right in full force into the homeschooling movement. What are some things that you've seen um, personally in terms of your own revelations, maybe methodology or time you have with your family? What are some changes for you? Um, well, a few of those changes, I remember being in elementary school and meeting some homeschooled kids and I thought they were kind of odd but it's funny how like now that changes it's not because that you know they didn't have that socialization and that I realized that that's not actually the case my children are uh, 11 9 7 and 5 um, 
and they're able to communicate with kids of all ages. And I think that that has been something that we probably wouldn't have noticed as much just going to the elementary school where they're, you know, kind of just stuck with their grade levels right. the whole time. I love that in the the academy, they're kind of mixed with kids of all ages and they're able to associate and uh, socialize with all of those kids, which has been really great. Um, I also are a big revelation for us is my, my husband is a first responder. So our schedules never really line up. I, I work three jobs, so we are really we're a really busy family, but it's been so nice that we can decide like Fridays we go into town and we, we visit my husband and he's able to spend some time with us where he works because he, he only gets one day off a week. So, um, just having that flexibility of being able to say, we can take school to daddy. We can spend that time with him. You know, school doesn't have to look like what we think it has to look like. And I think that's been the real beauty is we can do school anywhere, going going on hikes and, and spending time looking at the trees and looking at, at the grass and just those kinds of different things. That's all learning. And that's not something that I would have associated before, like, oh, no, we're just going on a walk. But now we're looking for, you know, ways to educate my children on the run. And actually, they're teaching me things like, oh, mom, did you know this? Like, or it's been insane. Or look at those clouds. That's, you know, this type of cloud, like they, they know it all. They absorb so much. Love that. I love just the organic nature of it. And that's what surprises a lot of parents that it's just so organic. It goes against everything we've learned about education, because of course we've been trained in the culture of the expert. And so when we see our kids learning organically, they're curious, they're uh, motivated to learn and even teaching us, which was the same experience for me. It's just such a blessing to see that turn around. And I love that too. A lot of parents say they recognize right away that their parent, their children can speak to any age. They can get along with any age. One of the parents over Christmas break texted me and said, wow, my kids are playing with someone younger than them. And this never would have happened before because they would have ostracized the younger child because that's what they're taught in school. You know, you don't talk to someone younger than you. And so to be able to see that bridging of the gap, then you have the opportunity for the mentor model and scaffolding some of those really important components of development. And I love to like what you said with your husband being a first responder, that you're able to have the flexibility in your schedule. We're not trying to recreate public school at home. Obviously, we want it to be different methodologically, we want it to be different content wise. And so to be able to have that flexibility where you can go to dad and say, we're going to do homeschooling at your place on Friday at your office is just so tremendous. And then kids are exposed to the adult world of work. They get to see what it's really like to have a job. I know some of the kids at one campus uh, told their parents, when they got, they saw kind of what it's like to be, have a job and have a bank account and have finances and have to be responsible for a budget. They went home and thanked their parents and said, I didn't know everything you do for us, for our family. So your children will be in that same, that same that. category. Yeah. What's maybe one of your favorite aha moments or moments of transformation, either at home in your homeschool classroom or in Awaken Academy classrooms? What's been kind of a favorite memory or aha moment? There's so many, but I think a big aha moment happened for me. I'm also the assistant site director for the San Marcos campus. And I think it was about halfway through the semester, we had a mom come in and she was almost in tears. She was like, I cannot keep sending my kids to public school. My daughter came home. The teachers were asking her what her pronouns were and then like trying to guilt her into 
not saying she her like they're like are you sure about that and she's like yes like i'm sure this is who i am and she was like i know that i need to make a change for my family so she came in we were able to get her kids in classes and you could just see Mm. the weight being lifted on her shoulder off her shoulders it was just an incredible experience i mean her kids were coming and they were thriving now and i think that has been such a big deal is just to see these kids come in and not just learn but thrive that has been such a huge blessing i know my kids are thriving i know like not all kids learn the same so to kind of be able to cater to their needs and put them in classes where they feel empowered has been such an amazing experience as a teacher and a mom and a site director just seeing it all unfold has been incredible I love your vantage point there, Megan, because you do have that benefit of seeing both in the classroom, kind of what's happening, and then being able to mentor moms, which is a a significant part of the assistant site director role, being able to have that conversation, hear what's happening, you know, get your finger on the pulse of the culture. And we do have so many parents that come in very teary after they've awakened to what's happening in the public school system. And I hear that same kind of conversation a lot where there's a pressure to conform to Um, the identities of the world. And again, Romans 12 tells us, do not be conformed to the patterns of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind that you would know the good and perfect will of God. And if we are constantly, our children are constantly exposed to these alternative agendas, these anti-Christian philosophies, again, all we have to do is look at George Barna's latest report and see the outcome of that. You know, 39% of the youngest generation saying they identify as LGBTQ is no accident. That's not, that's, that's a direct result of the sociocultural conditioning of the public school system. And so I'm glad that you, um, you have the opportunity to see that, to speak into it. And most importantly, to be the answer, we have the solution. If you're a pastor and you're listening to the show right now, if you have a church building sitting open in San Diego County, during the week, you can be part of the solution. DM me for information. Go to the cvcu.us website and click start a homeschool academy. You can do this. You can be part of the solution. Megan, what are some of your favorite books that you've read together or some of your favorite curricula? Is there anything that you recommend to new homeschool parents? Well, first I would say you can do this. If I can do this, anyone can do this. Um, You have to just figure out like what is important to you as a family. I mean, we just like to read books together as a family. So every, all the kids will take a turn and grab a book and then we'll sit down and read together. Um, My daughter just finished reading the Mysterious Benedict Society. That was one of the books they really loved. And uh, I think it's such a great parallel to what's going on right now. Um, I don't know if you've read those ones, but they're, they're really good. The kids love them. What were some of the things that were really helpful for you when you first started out? If you were having a conversation with a brand new homeschool mom, what would you what would you tell her as the first step? What really helped you to get kind of in a groove? Um, just figuring out the ways that your children learn. They're all so different and you get to cater to them now. You get to speak life into the things that they're interested in. Let them go to those things that they're interested in. You don't have to say, oh, well, that's not really school, so we're not going to do that. Like, let them be into the arts. Let them, I mean, my daughter loves dancing as well. My son is just, he's been interested in the production booth. That's been something that he's been able to kind of take on 
in a new role. And now he goes in and he kind of sets up the, the room. He picks the worship music that we're going to lead the day with. And like, that's just been a new thing that developed in him. And he really loves and enjoys it. So cater to what they love, you know, make sure that you obviously get those uh, core curriculums picked and you use something that you love and you feel like aligns with your beliefs. Um, but don't shy away from encouraging the kids to do what they love. Yeah, I love that. That's really the individualized approach. It's not a cookie cutter approach. It's not a one size fits none methodology. Megan, thank you so much for being on the show with us today. What a joy to have you. Thank you so much for having me. I feel so blessed to share. Your tremendous work at San Marcos just goes before you. So excited about the days ahead there with the creative arts outreach. If you're new to the show or if you're homeschooling for the first time, you can hear reposts of the K-Praise radio show right on the Communication Architect podcast. Just scroll back for some episodes, interviews, and a few tips of the trade. And be sure to check out what we're accomplishing in and through our partnerships with parents and the local church right here in San Diego. Visit Awaken Academy SD and cvcu.us. That's Chula Vista Christian University. You'll find helpful tools, support, community encouragement, including our K-12 homeschool sports program uh, right here in San Diego. And again, if you're a pastor in San Diego County, please DM me for help on getting your church active in the homeschool support realm. If every church works together, every parent, every teacher, every church, we can shift the trajectory for the next generation. Again, I'm Dr. Lisa Dunn, and thanks for joining us here today on the show. I'll be back next week with more of our toxic trait analysis and what you can do to break free of the system. We'll see you then. Thanks again for joining us here on The Communication Architect. If you have questions about today's episode or if there are topics you'd like to see us address, send your comments via Instagram to at Dr. Lisa Dunn or via email to contact at drlisadunn.com. That's D-R-L-I-S-A-D-U-N-N-E.com. And remember, strategic communication will help you build greater emotional health and relational resilience. So don't miss the next episode. I'm Dr. Lisa Dunn, and I look forward to talking with you next time right here on The Communication Architect.